Welcome to Sacred Spaces, Design Psychology 101, a podcast series by award-winning author, trainer, speaker, certified design psychology coach, certified interior environment coach, and certified feng shui consultant and yoga teacher, Sherry Burton Stein. This new series will help you reprogram your energy, transform your interior space, and reset your life. Let's get started. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Sacred Spaces, Design Psychology 101. And this is your host, Sherry Stein. And today's podcast is featuring Jamie Gold, and she is the author of New Kitchen Ideas That Work and the New Bathroom Idea Book. But today we will be talking with her about her latest book, Wellness by Design, a room-by-room guide to optimizing your home for health, fitness, and happiness. Those are all the things that I believe in. She has worked as a kitchen and bathroom designer for 16 years. Jamie is also a Mayo Clinic certified wellness coach, consulting on wellness design for homeowners and the building industry. She's a popular speaker and a contributor to Forbes.com, New Home Source and other publications. I'm happy to bring on Jamie Gold as our guest for Sacred Spaces today. And as a reminder, my website is sbwaligned.com and my Instagram handle is sbwaligned and I'm also found on Facebook at sbwaligned. I welcome you to join my newsletter by signing up on sbwalign.com forward slash newsletter, and also take a look at the blog, my yoga classes, and upcoming wellness events. So now we will bring on Jamie Gold, who will be discussing with us wellness by design. So it is such an honor to bring on Jamie Gold. And I am so thrilled, Jamie. How are you? I'm great, Sherry. How are you today? I am awesome. And I have absolutely loved reading your book, Wellness by Design a room-by-room guide to optimizing your home for health, fitness, and happiness. This is, oh, wow. This is like my Bible now. (laughs) (laughs) And I have, you know, uh, bent down pages, highlighted, taken notes, and I have just truly enjoyed this book. And my listener is... uh, a person who is interested in learning more about how they can create spaces for health and wellness and all those good things here on Sacred Spaces. And 
I thought I would just first ask you a little bit about your journey into this kind of work. How did you get started and what are some things that you learned along the way? Well, I got started as a kitchen and bath designer. Hmm. And I had a long career in communication, so I'd done a lot of writing, just on many different topics. And when I decided I was going to leave the corporate world, where I was an executive in the corner office and all of that, and realized this is not fulfilling my dreams. I've always loved design. Mm -hmm. And what do I want to do in design? And I decided I would go into kitchens and baths because they're such essential spaces. And I was inspired by my grandmother, who I dearly loved. And she was in an apartment that was too big and too expensive for her because it was the only one in the area that had a step and shower. And she was afraid of falling if she had to get in and out of a tub every day. Oh, wow. And I realized, you know, when I became a designer that making homes safe for seniors like my grandma was something I wanted to do. So I became a certified aging in place specialist. And I realized nobody likes the A word. None of us want to think about getting older. That the advice I was sharing with her worked for me and people of all ages. And that was kind of my entree into wellness design overall. Part of it is safety and accessibility. Right. And here I am. Well, I think that is a wonderful story. And again, understanding this whole idea of universal design and understanding um, different age groups and different needs is, is, is a wonderful area of design and one that I think most people don't think about. Um, And the fact that you wanted to do something to help your grandmother is even more awesome. So thank you so much for sharing that. And the fact that you realized that what you were doing before was not serving you as well as a, a career. Um, And I think a lot of my guests have come to realize that when they they go on their journey for uh, to the things that they are doing. So thank you so much for sharing. My pleasure, Terry. (laughs) So I'm so excited to interview you and, and wanted to, you know, first have you describe to my listener the five facets of wellness design. And the importance of each. I I was really, as I was turning the pages and reading and highlighting, I I saw this section um, in your your introduction and thought it might be useful for my listener to, um, you know, get a sense of what they are and, and why they're important. The question that comes up so often is, what the heck is wellness design? And it's being asked more now with the pandemic and people spending so much more time and doing so many more things at home and really understanding that there's a link between your home and your health. Yeah. Uh, tragically, in, you know, in regard to the pandemic, but this book, we finished editing it and it was ready to go to press just as the shutdown started to happen. 
Yeah. But so much of wellness design encompasses these areas. And it's such a big topic that I thought, well, how do I communicate this in a way that is easy to understand, simple, structured? And I thought, well, these are the, the topics it breaks into what I call the five facets to wellness design. The first is health and fitness. Mm. And these would be home features and products and components that support your goals for healthy eating and movement. <clears throat> An example would be a combi steam oven for cooking healthier meals yeah. or a desk riser so that you can stand while you work from home. I saw that and I said to myself, I need that. <laughs> I, I said, I got to find me one of those desks, but, but continue. Not everyone can get a you know a standing desk. Not everyone you know could get an adjustable desk. So this is a way to create adjustability, add health and fitness to your work from home space. And with so many more people, you know, telecommuting now, and and so many employers saying, well, we're going to keep letting you do this at least you know part of the time. You want your work from home space, your home office, or whatever the corner is that you're that you're working in to be as ergonomic as possible and to foster movement. So that's health and fitness, what I call the first facet of wellness design. The second one is safety and security. Of course, this is about keeping your home and your family safe and protecting your security and your privacy. Mm-hmm. And an example of that would be leak detection. So that if you have a pipe or a water line that's leaking. And people see this happen with washing machines or with ice makers and uh, fridge freezer combos. And they don't know that it's leaking until the water's coming down through, you know, the floor into a basement or a garage. Right. So that would be, you know, safety and security. And there's so these areas are big and there's overlaps too. The third facet of wellness design is accessibility, which you touched on. And that's making your home usable and visitable by people with different abilities. Right. So, you know, if you have a family member who uses a walker or is in a wheelchair, then they can still come and spend time with you. Or if you have to have somebody, you know, live with you for a time, that they can still help you cook and, you know, enjoy the space. So that would be accessibility. An example of an accessibility feature would be a swing out for those what are called blind corner cabinets. Mm. If you ever had one, you know, you have to kind of get down on your knees with a flashlight and knee pads to see what's in the back. Yeah. So having a swing out saves you from doing it and you have more usable space. Incredible. No, the fourth facet is functionality, and that's making your home easier to use and maintain. Like, for example, uh, porcelain slab shower walls or countertops that you don't have to seal them. They're easy to keep clean, which is great if you're worried about germs, for example. They're non-porous, so you're not going to have you know bacteria enter your countertops or your shower uh, stall. Hmm. The fifth facet is everyone's favorite, comfort and joy. Right. And that's making your home a personalized, nurturing sanctuary. So having the art that you love or having towel warmers, you know, for when you get out of a tub or shower, those would be examples of comfort and joy. And my favorite facets of wellness design are those products or elements that span more than one. 
Mm-hmm. And one example I like to give is one of my personal favorites, which is a handheld massaging shower head. Mm. And that pretty much hits all of them. <laughs> so you've got the health and fitness. It makes it safer for you to use your shower because you can sit, you know, if you have a shower seat and use it seated, if you have balance issues, it certainly creates accessibility, you know, in that same way. Right. It adds functionality because it makes it easier to clean the tub shower stall afterward and comfort and joy. Well, if you've ever spent a day on a hiking trail, say, or particularly rigorous workout and you are sore, yeah. You just turn that to the massage setting and it is heaven under spray. Oh. It really is. So, you know, those are the five facets and things that are more than one or even better than just one. Well, you know, I wanted to ask you a couple questions about, um, you know, some of these. Uh, so, so going back to the, the movement and the health, um, area. I'm a uh, yogi, yoga teacher, and um, I like to practice yoga and so forth. Tell me a little bit or tell my listener a little bit, you know, if, if you're exercising at home and creating that space for that, would, would you consider that as part of the, the, the health section? Of- oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And so many of us had our gyms closed last year. Yeah. And started, myself included, started working out from home. And one of the beauties of yoga is that you don't need a ton of space to do it in. And you don't need a ton of equipment either. That is true. And that's what I have found. Um, I live in a small home. And I've used just a corner of my living room or my bedroom, and it's just been amazing for me. And, you know, I just wanted to, to bring that up to make the point that, you know, a lot of this doesn't require, you know, additional, you know, space. You know, you can just be creative with the space you already have in order to come up with some of these. The, the other thing that I, I thought was really uh, wonderful is some of the suggestions you made uh, regarding a healthy eating and looking at appliances and other things to to create that uh, within the kitchen. So I was just wondering if you could expand a little bit on that. Sure. And one of the things that was important to me to share in the book is that wellness design should not just be for the well-to-do. Right. If you're in an apartment, say, mm-hmm. and you're not going to change the appliances, the landlord might do that eventually, but right. you can add countertop appliances that can also add a healthy cooking element. Mm-hmm. Air fryers would be an example. Right. Uh, a toaster oven that is also a convection and a steam oven. Would be another example. Awesome. Uh, a multi cooker like an Instapot or or others of the same type and sous vide makers. I have actually have a free download on my website at jamiegold.net on twelve appliances, twelve small appliances to help you eat healthier. Oh, I love it because you may not be in a position to replace your wall oven 
with a built-in combi steam oven. If you are remodeling, that's a great appliance to consider. You may not be in a position to go from a standard electric uh, range to an induction range, but that's a great appliance to consider if you are. So tell us a little bit about, and because I'm a designer and I used to work in uh, a luxury appliance (laughs) store, um, uh, showroom, I should say, um, you know, the differences between convection, induction, because my listener may not know what those are. Can you just explain those a little bit? Well, convection is a way of cooking by moving hot air around the food. Mm -hmm. And it cooks more evenly than a traditional oven. And in some respects, it cooks faster. So you need to adjust your recipes if you're going from a regular oven to a convection oven. (laughs) And induction cooking is a form of cooking that's based on magnetic power. And what it does is it cooks directly from the burner to the pot Mm -hmm. and the pot has to be, or the pan has to be conductive. So cast iron, for example, is conductive. And the way to know if your pots and pans are conductive is get a little refrigerator magnet. If it sticks to the bottom, Mm -hmm. it's conductive. And if it doesn't, it's not, and it won't work on an induction burner. And the advantages of induction over and I'm going to even say pro gas, people love the, those big professional style gas pops, well, they're harder to clean. Yes. They do emit fumes into your kitchen. They heat up the kitchen in the summer, so you're burning more energy. And they create a fire risk or burn risk, whereas induction doesn't do any of those things, and it cooks faster. And, and it does. And I've seen so many demonstrations of how it works. And it's, it's totally amazing. So I want my listener to, you know, if you have questions on these things, go on her website and, and download as well as do some research before you go to the, um, the appliance store about what is going to be best for you and your family and for your health as well. So I just wanted to just, you know, emphasize that. And thank you so much. Oh, you're um, welcome. One of the, and there are countertop versions of both, by the way. Oh, you, yeah. And you can get a countertop convection oven. You can get a countertop uh, induction burner. So if you're not ready to make that switch and you want to try, that's a good way to see how that works. Although the built-in versions tend to be higher power. Yeah. And I, I agree. Thank you so much for for sharing that. And the other piece of that too, I wanted to, to mention is throughout her book, um, listener, um, she makes the differences between even, you know, if you're renting versus, you know, owning your home and things that you can do to make your home more uh, wellness centric. So I just, uh, I don't know if that's a word or not, but I, I really like the fact that you, gave these different scenarios of what a person's living arrangement may be at the present time. Um, So pages five and six, you discuss the emotional features of the home. And that's an area that I absolutely love and and have studied myself. 
Uh, and specifically, you quote, creating an electronics-free sanctuary. And you include senses, particularly the smell, lavender oil diffusers, and biophilia as part of this. And I bring that up is because I, I do work with essential oils with my clients and I do promote uh, essential oils specifically as a mood enhancer and um, a, a method of cleansing the air as well as um, your surfaces and so forth in the home. Um, and of course, biophilia, bringing in plants um, are, you know, wood energy. And I'm a, a feng shui uh, certified practitioner as well. So these are things that I really believe in. But I thought maybe you could talk a little bit about this creation of a sanctuary with free of, you know, electronics, um, bringing in the oils and the smells and lavender is my favorite, by the way, and plants. Can you, can you discuss that a little bit? Oh, sure. And I'm glad that resonated with you. I'm, I'm a bit of a homebody. Mm -hmm. And home, my home space has always been important. And I think, you know, that's true for many, many people. There are social folks who love to be out and about, and that's where they restore their energy. But for me, it's always been home. And they say, you know, your home is your castle. Yeah. For me, it's kind of my calming sanctuary. And I I know that the pandemic has increased the importance of that because so many of us have more chaos in our lives and, and more noise and more stress. And biophilia, which is literally the love of nature, can help reduce stress. Yeah. And so can eliminating clutter. So you want these calming spaces to be clutter-free and electronics-free. So you're not getting that noise. You're not getting that that burst of negative inputs. There's so much in the news right now that's stressful and negative. So electronics, if you're listening to a sound speaker of your favorite classical music or nature sounds, that's one thing. But listening to news broadcasts and tuning into social media and what's going on in the world, that kind of bursts into your sanctuary. So I like to see a calming space of one that's about serenity, that's about nature connection, that's about downshifting. And it's going to look different for different people, but it's not something you have to go out and buy things for. It's a space that you can create with your favorite elements, whether it's a an oil diffuser, a candle, a cozy throw, your favorite slippers, a beautiful piece of art or collectible that makes you smile, that just speaks to your soul when you, you know, when you, when you're in that space. And if you can have it where it could be on a patio, if you have one, so you get that nature element, or if the weather's not hospitable, just in a quiet corner. For some people, the only place they can get retreat from the household is in the bathroom. Yeah. And cre creating a, a spa bathroom for yourself with right. you know, just those elements that soothe you mm -hmm. is restorative as well. Well, I think that is you know, fabulous. And I really was so happy to see that 
um, in your book, the talking about that, because I've been promoting what we call feel-good spaces for quite a long time. And when I first started talking about it, people were like, you know, not as, um, you know, open to this, this whole concept, but actually now, and I think uh, because of the pandemic, because of, you know, more openness and knowledge and educating themselves on these, these things, it's more popular now and more uh, sacred to create these spaces for, for yourself and, and for loved ones, because it is a form of self-care. It, it definitely is. And to have this as part of your book, I just think it's totally um, appropriate and was just so overjoyed to see uh, the words in there about creating this sanctuary in your home. It's always been important to me, so I'm glad it resonates with others, too. And I'm a homebody, too. (laughs) (laughs) So when you said that, I was like, yes, I, I am right there with you. So on page 23, you write, uh, quote, opening your windows for five, for even five or 10 minutes a day can let stale odors escape and enhance your mood with sounds of nature. Talk to my listener about this wellness tip. You know, I lived in Florida. And Florida gets really, really hot and steamy in the summer. Mm -hmm. And you can't necessarily sleep comfortably with the windows open because of the heat and humidity. Right. But just having the opportunity to get that nature break to get that fresh air coming in, to listen to the birds outside. If you can't step outside, that's even better than opening the windows, opening a door and then stepping out. And I actually got that tip from a psychologist who looks at it from the clinical standpoint and the benefits to her patients. This can be restorative. Nature can be calming, it can be healing, and people who have stress or even who have illnesses or injuries heal better and faster and need less pain medication when they have access to nature. Yes, and, and, and I think that really kind of contributes to this whole idea of bringing the outside in and, you know, surrounding yourself with plants because, you know, they say uh, plants help lower your blood pressure. Um, if you are working in a space, an office space or something with um, you know, lots of plants around, you, you tend to be more productive and these kinds of things. And um, I, I absolutely believe in this, but I just really love the whole concept of opening your window. Um, and and bringing the sounds of the birds. And if you live near uh, a lake or an ocean, just hearing water and all of these things, they're just such mood enhancers. And I just really resonated with that. And I thought that was just an excellent wellness tip. So again, (laughs) folks, this is an awesome book. And plants can also improve your indoor air quality. 
not all plants. And people who get my book, I don't know if you noticed this, Sherry, when you were going through, Mm -hmm. there is a web address. And on my website is a special section for people who have the book where there's a resource guide for plants that enhance your indoor air quality. And plants that some pets pets don't don't pair well. So you can't put everything in a book and you can't update a book as easily as you can a website. That is true. And I, I, yeah, that is just, oh, this is awesome. (laughs) So um, we did talk a little bit about kitchen design and um, in it, uh, you really go through the different types of countertops, uh, flooring, um, you know, appliances, which we talked about earlier. Um, I really think that your tips there um, are excellent. And listener, please spend some time with that, especially if you're getting ready to go through a kitchen renovation to look at that section and really pull out some, some of the tips that uh, Jamie uh, describes and 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 suggestions she makes um, for kitchen design, and um, I know that uh, you will not be disappointed. Now, the other um, piece that you have talked about um, through various chapters of your book is the off-gassing, and. Um, I wanted to know if you could share with my listener what that means and how to prevent it. Um, you know, what are some things people can do? And I, I know about the off-gassing a lot from um, being in the, the flooring business. I used to uh, sell designer rugs, area rugs, and, you know, would talk about, you know, when you bring in a rug into a space, um, you know, you want to make sure it's been off-gassed and so forth. So talk to us a little bit about off-gassing and, and what we need to look for and how we can help ourselves uh, keep our, our air uh, clean. Well, I would love to. May I make a point about kitchen design before? Oh, we- yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, I just wanted your listeners to know that even if they're not remodeling, that they can improve their kitchens. And it starts with a well-zoned plan. Your your kitchen has different zones. And I spell that out in the book, so I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but you can reorganize your storage and and add your countertop appliances and choose just to have it work well for you so you're not, everything is easy to maintain and you're not wasting time and steps and you're using your space as wisely as you can. And even a rental kitchen can be enhanced with this. So each chapter in the book has tips for people who are not remodeling or who rent their space and they're free or low cost. I just want to mention that about kitchens. So, because there are a lot of things in there that are you know, premium, like some of the appliances we mentioned. But there are also a lot of things that are not. So I, I, I want folks listening to this podcast to know that. Well, thank you for, for clarifying that. And um, I, that's what I love about this book is that it is, is good for the homeowner as well as the renter to do. So there's uh, something for everyone and low cost as well as, you know, um, 
higher cost if, if, if those that are listening can afford it. So I appreciate you spending some time clarifying that. Yeah. And there are materials in all categories that can off-gas. Mm-hmm. And what that essentially is, is, is when a material or product emits what are called volatile organic compounds. They're basically chemicals that are part of its makeup or its finish uh, or its, its adhesives that just emit into the air. Some of them only do it for a short time. Some of them do it for the life of the product. And it's going to vary by manufacturer, by materials. So you you can't make any generalizations. But some things that have off-gassing potential, you know, carpet, uh, laminate and vinyl tile flooring, appliances, mattresses, even some electronics like TVs and computers. And you're not going to get rid of your new laptop or desktop because it off gases, right? Right. So you look for ways to offset the VOCs. And we mentioned adding houseplants, keeping the windows open as you can. Uh, There's also indoor air quality management technology for those who are into smart home features. Because our homes now are really built for energy efficiency, and that can track things inside. Yes. That's why, you know, sleeping with the windows closed in an air conditioning or forced air environment can take whatever VOCs are in the air and just keep them in the air in your, in your space. That is true. And thank you. Um, because... You know, a lot of times we don't realize these things. You know, we're not taught these things. We don't know how this affects our uh, interior environment. So that's why it was just important to me for my listeners to know what this means and how this book helps them to be able to keep their environment non-toxic and their air and their quality of life healthy so excellent i i again i cannot say this enough now on page uh 124 uh, you write uh, a wellness strategy is to build or add only the square footage your household really needs so that you're not spending time or money maintaining rooms you rarely use. Talk to my audience about that rationale and the importance of this from a wellness perspective, because that's something that I had never, you know, and I've been in the design industry, studied it and so forth, and I've never heard anyone explain that or or to even bring that up as a suggestion. So I'm very intrigued by that. I can't say that I created the concept because back in 1998, I think it was, a brilliant architect wrote a book called The Not-So-Big House. Mm. It really talked about the fact that we create these, and at that time, McMansions were pretty popular. Oh, yeah. People had to have these huge formal living rooms that they ended up not using that never felt cozy. (laughs) That That either you're spending time cleaning them, paying someone money to clean them and not using them. And of course, you're also heating or cooling those spaces. So less time maintaining space you don't use Mm -hmm. saves you stress, saves you money. 
Mm-hmm. That you can put toward wellness-related activities, space, and purchases. Mm. So what's important to you? I, I think, and I'm hoping, that the pandemic really made people realize what is important in their lives. And it's not keeping up with the Joneses. That is so true. It's really not. It's, it's, it's family. It's love. It's community. It's shelter. It's sanctuary. Yeah. And so why have areas of your home that don't serve those goals? Values. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Because we get so caught up in having the big house. And I don't know if it's so much anymore, like you said. I think the pandemic kind of slowed us down a little bit on some of that. And, you know, at that time in the, the late 90s and, and so forth, you know, HGTV was so big and, you know, everybody had to have this and have that kind of room and, and so forth. And I have seen even in my own design work where, you know, my clients weren't using rooms or they felt like the rooms just didn't speak to them. Because they were just so, in, you know, enamored with having a room that looked a certain way, but, it, it, but they didn't have an emotional attachment to it. And so true. And we've probably both seen that having worked in showrooms. Oh, with yeah. And pictures. I want this. And it made no sense for their home, their lives, their families. It, exactly. So I thought this was so wonderful and very intentional to, sh- to share this in your book and, and help people think and rethink their spaces, you know, and, and their living uh, environments. And, and, and I love the fact that you said, you, 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 you know, it's not necessary to, to keep up with the Joneses. It's just, it really isn't because it's, you know, for a, a bunch of reasons that, uh, you know, your book really walks through through the logic and um, information about what wellness is and how that can be designed into your home. So the last question I have is, can you give us five tips for healthier living spaces based on your book, no matter what room uh, you're in? How about five free tips? Mm-hmm. The first one would be to declutter and reorganize. So, um, yeah. the clutter creates stress, it creates maintenance, and it also makes it harder to be functional. So, declutter the rooms that are the most important to you, where you have to cook or sleep or work, and reorganize so it's efficient. Right. No cost involved in doing either. You don't need to a trip to the organizing store. You probably have what you need at home. Two, to add safety is eliminate trip hazards. Mm. So look for things like loose rug corners. Look for your phone charger crossing a walk aisle. Uh, look for lights that are out where there should be light for a stairway or an entrance. So eliminate trip hazards. Mm-hmm. Third, we, we did talk about is creating a quiet space for yourself with your favorite comfort items. Right. 
The fourth is optimize your home for movement, sleep, and nature. Ah. So for movement, it would be, here's a corner of my my room where I could do my yoga. Here's clear floor space in my office where I can get up and take my phone calls walking back and forth or dance between drafts, turn up the music on your speakers. But you want to optimize for movement. You want to optimize for sleep. So your bedroom is a haven. Yeah. And of course, we already talked about nature access. And the fifth one is to optimize for comfort and joy. So when you think about what you're bringing in, like uh, decorative objects, choose art that matches your soul, not your sofa. Have things that speak to you. Do they bring up happy memories? Do they just stimulate that feeling of accomplishment or inspire you or make you feel relaxed? That's what you should be looking at. Not these colors will look great in this room. It's really what speaks to you. Well, thank you so much, Jamie. This has been such a great, awesome interview with you. And I want my listener to know where they can find you. The easiest starting point is my website, which is jamiegold.net. Now, .net is important because .com is a poker player. And <laughs> that's a whole other interview. <laughs> but so jamiegold.net, I have links to the booksellers that carry wellness by design, mm-hmm. including independence through bookshop.org and at Amazon as well. And I also have two excerpts of the book on my website. So if somebody's thinking this might be for me, they could read one about master baths Mm. and one about creating home fitness spaces. Nice. Those are freebies. Hey, this is, you can't get any better than that. And are you on Instagram as well? I am. It's, um, and there are links to my social accounts, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Clubhouse. All right. Where I do twice a month. It's the first and the third Wednesday of the month, 4 p.m. on the East Coast, 1 p.m. on the West Coast. And I call it kind of a micro interactive podcasting. Okay. Well, I thank you so much, Jamie. You have been wonderful. And let's speak again. I would love that. And maybe, um, you know, we can, you know, I can join you on Clubhouse and, and we can chat or, or what have you, because um, I'm really looking forward to checking you out there as well. And folks, get this book, Wellness by Design, Jamie Gold. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome.